Welcome to the Professional Confessional, how the biggest mistakes we've ever made fundamentally changed our work, our careers, and our approach forever. Gain wisdom and perspective through these audio absolutions. Today's guest is Mark Maximer, a former middle school teacher whose mistake made his assistant principal slam the door so hard it literally almost hit him on the way out. Previous to this position, I was a teacher for 16 years. I was actually someone who went back to school after working in like construction and all that and decided I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. So I went back to school, became a teacher. So I had probably been teaching for nine, 10 years. This is like right in the middle of my teaching career. Uh, I was at at the middle school. At the middle school, the assistant principal position is a a stepping stone position because you get that and then you move up to either a high school assistant principal or a director of something. People in that position are not there very long. And so in my short career of 10 years, I had already been through, I think, seven assistant principals. So the new guy that came in as the assistant principal had been there for eight, nine, eight, six, six months or so. And he'd come from the high school where he had taught mostly upper class advanced students. So that's a very different population of students than seventh and eighth graders, right? Seventh and eighth graders, there's a reason why everybody has memories about middle school that they do. And that parents have the view of middle school students. They're like, oh, what do you teach? I'm like, eighth grade. They're like, oh my God, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, I chose to be in eighth grade. And then they're like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I really enjoyed teaching eighth grade, but you have to understand them for what they are. They're just They don't think through things, but they need to have a set of, not rules, but they need to have a set of boundaries because they're going to push those boundaries, but they need to know where those boundaries are. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I bring that up is this kind of sets up the, the meeting that I had with my principal. He was not good at communicating at all. You'd have a conversation with him and he'd give this long pause where you're not sure if you're supposed to talk or he's supposed to talk or whatever. He was not good with the students. Like he would let them push him around. And as the assistant principal who doles out the discipline, you got to have a set of firm beliefs and expectations and what you're going to do. And so it had progressively gotten worse. And myself and um, another teacher who was a a more veteran teacher, if you will, we just, we were like, he just doesn't understand the kids. We were in a meeting and we were talking and I was like, he just doesn't understand the kids. And so we decided in our infinite wisdom that we were going to go down and talk with him about this. One of the things I hated about the workplace was all the complaining that would go on about things, but no one would actually go talk to anybody to try and solve the problem. And so I really believed if I'm going to have this complaint, then I'm going to go talk to him about it. (laughs) So we go in we sit down and we're, we're meeting with him and it, more or less comes out that I said to him something along the lines of, and I don't remember the exact word. I only remember the feeling after the fact, but I basically said to him, I was like, it's the eighth grade students are much different and they need different things. And they're different types of students and different people than the 12th graders that you used to teach. So he's sitting at his desk behind the desk. He's got one of the little bouncy desk chairs. He's got his hands crossed in front of his face with his little, his first pointer fingers so he's got him in front of his lips and he's just tapping his lips and I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, because he was completely silent after I said that. And, but it w- could have been one of his awkward pauses and, but he looks at me and he puts his one hand down on the desk and he taps the desk and he goes, so is what you're telling me 
is that you're saying that I don't know how to do my job because I don't know students. And I just, I looked over at the teacher beside me and I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking that's not really what I meant, but yeah, I guess that's how it came out. And before I could say anything, he goes out, get out of my office right now, screaming at us. And I'm like, Oh my God, this has gone off the rails. So oh I, yeah, I'm looking at him and he goes out. I said out like screaming at me. So we got up and left. He slammed the door behind us so hard. It almost hit me on the way back out of the door. And I just looked at the other teacher. I'm, what the hell was that? She goes, I don't know. I think this is part of the problem. <laughs> so, but the worst part, we, what was the word? We don't even know how to feel about the situation at this point. I think it was a Friday and we were going out for happy hour afterwards. We both got there and we're both like, we feel bad. Like I've got a pit in my stomach. Like I really upset him. And he got mad and screamed at me and slammed the door in my face. Like that's, I just couldn't believe the entire situation and how it went down. It just, because I didn't intend for it. Obviously my intent was not for it to go that far or be interpreted that way, which that's the mistake is that I should have realized that it could be interpreted that way. I probably still would go and have the conversation today, but I would obviously tread a little differently. It's, I just couldn't believe that he yelled at us to get out of his office and then slam the door. And then for about a week and a half after that, he didn't talk to us, either of us. So I would try to say hi in the hallway and just open that channel communication, walk right past us without lifting his head up. And then I started worrying, he's my boss. Is that, can he like discipline me for insubordination? And, and the other teacher, I was talking to her about it and she goes, this is horrible. But he's, she said, he doesn't discipline the students. Why is he going to discipline us? It changed how I spoke to him from that point forward. Like I went into every situation knowing that I had to be very clear on what this conversation was about and what my intent was and almost what the solution should be. It actually taught me a lot about going in and talking to so, to my boss, which in education is the principals, or even when I was in an upper level meeting, that if I had a complaint, I needed to have the complaint very succinct and well laid out what the problems were, but then also offer a solution. Because if not, it could be taken as me just complaining and insulting them. What I feel happened in this situation is that he interpreted it as rather than constructive criticism or a chance for us to open up a dialogue, he took it as a personal attack. And I can understand that it maybe came off that way, the way the conversation went, but it taught me that I needed to be very clear going into a conversation like that, an official conversation, like a meeting or in, in with the boss. And it also told me that if I can't figure out a nice way to say it, I should just keep my mouth shut sometimes. So I, mean, I, I, I so strongly with the, I'm not going to bitch about them behind their back. Cause that's a coward's way. Out. It doesn't fix anything. No, you're- I think you're right. A lot of people think that it makes them feel better that they're bitching about something, but it doesn't solve anything. And all it does is perpetuates the issue it becomes toxic. And so that's why I always, somebody, I had a complaint or about something. I would, I just be like, right, you know what? I'm done. Let's, let's not complain about this. Let's just go talk to the person. And everyone's, Oh my gosh, you're going to go talk. I'm like, yeah. And 99% of the time that solves it. I think the lack of communication, like open, honest, face-to-face communication is part of the problem with a lot of these situations. That's what my mistakes boil down to where I ended up insulting people that I worked with because what I said was not well thought out on my part, but also taken the wrong way by them compared to what my original intent was. 
But I, that's, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just was wondering, this was my dad's pet peeve for years. And having a two-year-old now, I'm realizing why it was so much of pet peeve. It's, we would only present him with problems. So we'd be like, dad, the power went out. He would say, so what do you expect me to do about like dad, the power went out and I can't remember how to trip the breaker. Can you please explain it to me? Yes, I can. It's like the striker family version of can I versus may I, but like your solution is exactly what that is. It's not just the power went out. It's how do you trip the, and this is how I think you should trip the breaker to bring the power back. So knowing that, how would you have approached it differently in the incendiary conversation? Definitely. If I could go back would definitely make sure that I had a planned out conversation about this, or I would have gone in and set the expect, not the expectations, but just gone in and been like, this is why I'm here. I would like to have a constructive conversation with you about it and set the parameters of it ahead of time and come up with, I don't know. I it's hard to, it's hard. That's a good question. It's hard to know how different, how you could have done that conversation differently, especially after the fact. Do you know what I mean? I would definitely, like I said, go in and it taught me a lot about, going in, having the clear expectations, knowing what I want to say and offering a possible solution. That instance helped me with teaching because that's one of the things you teach your students. And it's like these, you reference the may I or the can I, like I, I hated that when teachers would be like, can I go to the bathroom? I don't know. Can you, well, come on. So I would, my big pet peeve as a teacher was I hated when they came up to me and said, I don't understand. Because to me, that was either them giving up or them looking for an easy way out. So I would always follow up with, what don't you understand? Or what, which part is it? And they'd be like, well, I don't understand any of it. And I wouldn't let them get away with that. I would make them go sit back down and not come back up until they had a specific question, which is what your dad would do with you. You needed a specific thing. So I, that's, I'm a big believer in that. And I work on teaching my, my children that the more specific you can get, it, the better of a communicator you are. I'm trying to teach my kids to be good communicators because it's that's one of the absolute most necessary skills in whatever profession you're in is how to communicate. Yep. I You're giving me flashbacks. So if I can share one of, uh, spoiler alert, the very first episode of this podcast is going to be my biggest mistake. And talk about communication. I was hired as a damn editorial writer. And so I should have been really good at communication. So your mistake makes me feel slightly better about my mistake, which is in fact half the reason for this podcast. Yeah, that's two or three. I feel like we're pretty even on those mistakes. <laughs> at least you did it in private, man. Yeah, that's true. I was oh. in his office and only got the door slammed in my face. <laughs> oh my God. And you had backup at least. Yeah. Oh God. I, oh, I, I really have to do some like meditating of repressed memories to remember exactly like what happened anymore just because it's i've been avoiding thinking about it but oh yeah this was i do have to say this was a lot of fun i didn't need to be nearly as nervous as i was but it was you made it very easy i loved it i've done something great i'm brand new with this i'm very happy to hear you say that it was a lot of fun for me too so mark's big mistake wasn't confronting problematic behaviors in his boss rather it was not anticipating his principal's misinterpretation of intent as a personal attack or a complaint In future conversations with the powers that be, Mark would preemptively and succinctly frame the conversation to come with a matter-of-fact statement of the issue at hand, followed by possible solutions, so that he wasn't just presenting problems. Today, Mark Maximer is the Director of Education and Training at The Tilt, an online newsletter and community teaching content creators how to become successful content entrepreneurs. You can connect with Mark on LinkedIn at pc-podcast.com slash Mark M, M-A-R-C-M.
That's pc-podcast.com slash Mark M. And you can find this and other episodes of the Professional Confessional Podcast at pc-podcast.com or on your podcasting platform of choice. Would you like to listen to the whole conversation and not just this story edit? Go to pc-podcast.com slash support and subscribe for full recordings and early episodes. That's pc-podcast.com slash support. In the meantime, please share this episode with someone you think needs to hear it today. That's all for this professional confessional. I'm Ashley Stryker. I hope you'll join us next time. Talk soon.